Blog Talk Radio. Transparency and political accountability. 
Mark Perone, president of the United Food and Commercial Workers Unions, explained the importance of this issue to working people. The U.S. must show its commitment to creating, creating better trade deals. Oh, I'm sorry, folks. I think I might have a little allergy. Uh, pardon me. The U.S. must show its commitment to creating better trade deals and better lives by immediately re- releasing the TTIP proposals. Trade agreements negotiated in secret have had a devastating impact upon our families, our jobs, and this nation. Hardworking men and women simply cannot afford anything less than complete transparency when it comes to global trade. The less strike, AFL-CIO's trade and globalization policy specialist said, Working families don't like it when the rules of the trade are negotiated in secret rooms we can't enter. The U.S. and the EU can avoid some of the problems the TPP has been bringing the TTIP into the light and allowing hardworking Americans a chance to advocate for rules fair to all of us, not just to corporate elites. Okay. Then there are a few more quotes. But they're all uh, along the same uh, topic, and that is that these talk, these talks simply can't be held in secret. The proposals need to be released so people can comment on them, on them and see what's happening. It's just totally unfair, and it's another example of corporate favoritism. And this government is supporting that. This is Obama's government. I gotta, I gotta say though, honest to God, we've been talking about this now for what two years that it's been running. Yeah, we've been. Well, actually, we've we've been 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 talking on this show. No, Leo, let me let me let me just let me just add something. No, I we I talked about the results of the trade agreements that Bill Clinton signed. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, Which it's, is it's, similar to this. Well, it's worse. The NAFTA is even worse. I don't know if it was worse, but it, it, it was the beginning. Us, it cost us over 5 million jobs in this country. Mm-hmm. Now, the, the, this this particular one, what, what I'm just getting angry about is where were, where were these... Where was everybody? Where was everybody when this was being put together and signed in, in Congress? And where were the unions on this thing? When they, you know... I, I don't understand. Where were the advocates? Where were the, you know... Uh, they kept speaking out on it, but they could they, get no, no they traction. Didn't. They really didn't. Uh, they didn't speak out on it until about a year ago, when, when uh, after so much was made of it, you know, that Congress finally, you know, started talking about it. We, we were been talking about this for for years. The thing, the thing that I but never it, really it, understood it is how the, how the House of Representatives could vote on an agreement that nobody's read. Well, they couldn't even get into They did it with the Patriot Act, too. Yeah. They and did it is... with this act, too, right here. Mm-hmm. Senate passes controversial uh, SISA spying uh, expansion bill. It passed 20, 74 to 21 in the Senate. All right? Now, that, that was just happened uh, today. Uh, yeah. No. no. October 28th. It was published today. Yeah. Right? But I don't know. That happened yesterday. Not, not very long ago. Yesterday. Yeah. All right. Ignoring criticism from consumer groups, consumer academics, and countless technology experts, the Senate yesterday voted 74 to 21 vote to approve CISA. Uh, you can find a list of which politicians supported the measure here. All right. But uh, dressed up as a cybersecurity protection measure, 
FISA is a controversial bill that critics say dramatically expands government spying power at a time when most Americans, still stung by the Snowden revelations, want such power reined in and uh, oversight ramped up. Uh, like Luddites in the Senate, uh, while well, Luddites in the Senate uh, usually, uh, actually seem to think the bill <coughs> helps uh, protect the country from cybersecurity threats, countless groups and experts like the, EE, the EFF argue it does nothing of the sort. The bill is a fundamentally flawed due to its broad immunity clauses, vague de definitions, and aggressive spying authorities, complained the group. The bill now moves to a conference committee despite its inability to address problems that caused recently high publicized computer data breaches like encrypted files, poor computer architecture, updated servers, and employees or contractors clicking malware links. Huh. Um, the CISA provides companies with legal immunity when sharing data about hacks and digital breaches with the Department of Homeland Security, the DHS, can then share that data with other government agencies, including the NSA and the FBI. This legal immunity is why most large wireless and broadband companies already tied at the hip to the nation's intelligence community were quick to applaud the measure. The bill approved offers a constructive framework for bi-directional information sharing that will strengthen America's cyber defenses, proclaimed the CTIA whose members include ATT, Verizon, Sprint, and T-Mobile, oh, no kidding. The legislation passed by the Senate today bolsters our cyber defenses by providing the liability protections needed to encourage the voluntary sharing of cyber threat of this is a tongue twister, cyber threat information, noted the TIA, whose members include AT&T and Verizon. Yes. Well, I'm glad I don't have either of those companies. Okay, I have a quick little fact, couple of minutes. Oh, I thought, yeah, you want to read that? Yeah, because I got, I want to read why why they picked uh, what Brian said here. You know, because he's, he's become, he's uh, going to be the Speaker of the House now, all right? And uh, he's a Republican, unbelievable nutball. Oh, really? Yeah. Republican Paul Ryan protects rapist rights in new fetus bill. I just don't understand why they keep electing. Well, let me just in the in the effort for continuity, in the effort to can maintain some continuity, I'd like like a continuity. less than five two minute thing about the TPP, the Trans Pacific Partnership, that tells us all about the details. Well, let's see if it will there. Let's set the facts straight on this trade deal called the Trans Pacific Partnership otherwise known as TPP. When the United States is forced to compete with countries with exploitive labor practices, wages for America's workers will go down. The TPP would allow trading partners to manipulate their currency and would ship even more U.S. jobs overseas. This trade deal creates special rights for foreign companies, leaving U.S.-based manufacturers at a major disadvantage. TPP is a bad deal for American workers. If we want to raise wages, protect our jobs, and save American manufacturing, we need to make sure TPP puts working people, not corporations, first. Text TRADE to 235-246.
So that's a short little uh, audio piece on the Trans-Pacific Partnership, why you shouldn't support it. It's certainly not good for us. i got uh, something here that this, this really jerks your chain if, you're, you know, if you've read about it yet. Um, should your Social Security be garnished to repay student loan debt? 375,000 Americans say no. I thought they'd be more than 375,000. Well, they probably don't know about it. No, they probably have been attached already. Last week, uh, Reps Marsha Fudge from Ohio and Keith Ellison, I can't even pronounce these names, um, joined with leaders from a student debt crisis, uh, Social Security Works, Project Springboard, Credo, the Campaign for America's Future, AFL-CIO, AFSCME, the EFT, and others delivered 375,000 petition signatures to the U.S. Department of Education, urging an end to the garnishment of Social Security benefits in order to repay student debt. The three members of Congress also delivered a congressional letter with a similar message. Um, that was really sick that they would do this, you know, that they would garnish money. That's got to be... That, they, that this country actually even charges for for their edu- the education of these people in extreme amounts of money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it's just crooked. When considering crooked, crooked, you could crooked. move to Canada and get free yeah, education. Get free education and free uh, free health insurance. Jeez. But last week's Republican, I told you this thing. But some key quotes from those uh, that participated in the petition delivery are offered below. Garnishing Social Security benefits for student loan debt is a significant blow to our seniors, especially when a growing percentage of older Americans rely on the program as their sole source of income. Social Security is not just another check for Americans. It is an essential economic lifeline. College and advanced training should be affordable and not create a financial burden that continues into retirement. Our federal government should not punish Americans for striving for a better opportunity or supporting their children and the other family members working hard to pursue their dreams. Ellison added, Americans know that going to college helped pave the way to more opportunities, but the higher cost of tuition and student loans leaves people of all ages with huge amounts of student debt. It's wrong to garnish the small Social Security checks of older and disabled people in order to pay for their student loans. People should not lose their hard-earned benefits, averaging only $1,200 a month, in order to pay their student loans. We should find ways to offer more affordable education, lower interest rates, and better repayment options. The administration has the power to stop this practice. Nancy Altman, president of the Social Security Works, and and Natalie Abrams, executive debtor, Director of Student Debt Crisis. As head of the Social Security Works and the Student Debt Crisis, we pledge that we will always fight in solidarity with each other. Those of us fighting to solve the student debt crises will also fight to expand Social Security, including restoration of the student benefit, and those of us fighting to expand Social Security will fight to the end to end the student debt crisis. We make these pledges because we know the people can un- we know the people united can never be defeated. Well, that's true. But, yeah, you know, it, it's just it's just sucks so bad that these that this has to happen. It's just beyond me that. Uh, okay. Well, hang on a second. Well, that I lost my blog page here. Yeah, I'm on. Wait a minute. So, okay, so, I so can't 
Social Security. That was a very good article on that. And um, Firefight is a nationwide insurance partner to make trick-or-treat traditions safer for children. The firefighters um, and Nationwide Insurance announced a new partnership through Nationwide's Make Safe Happen program. The two organizations are teaming up to make uh, Halloween a safer holiday in communities across North America. Uh, so they part through the partnership, the IAFF, a nationwide distributed 25,000 trick-or-treat bags to families, along with important safety tips. So maybe they have some safety tips here. Let's see what they are. Let's see. Yep. Halloween is one of busiest nights for children. Through, safe hello, uh, through Make Safe Happen, this thing keeps jumping up on Nationwide is raising awareness and providing tools and resources to help reduce the leading cause of death of children in the United States, accidental injuries. Halloween is highly anticipated night for children, but also one of the most dangerous. According to Safe Kids Nationwide, on average, twice as many child pedestrians are killed while walking on Halloween compared to any other day of the year. More than 70% of accidents occur away from intersections or crosswalks. Halloween is one of the busiest days of the year for firefighters. Oh, said IAF General President Harold Schaidberger. Together, the IAFF and Nationwide can help save children's lives by educating the public on basic precautions to make sure they have nothing other than a fun-filled Halloween. Um, yeah, yeah. Let's there see. you go. No, I guess right. that's it. The, uh, when you have a, this is, this is a, a short video, but I guess when, when you have to remind your boss that you're a human, something has to change. Now, this is really, a, was a, this is an unusual thing. That was awful, thing, that poor woman. Founder Brown wasn't that. a licensed welder, but her boss told her if she didn't finish up a welding job, she would be out of work. So LaFondra finished the project with no safety gear. Hours later, she was in the hospital, her eyes the eyes of golf balls. Top, on top of the uh, dangerous work environment, LaFondra dealt with sexual harassment, assault, and racism in her uh, construction job where she was the only woman. Uh, listen to a founder's story and hear why she and her fellow workers are demanding a voice on the job with the iron workers. So let's, let's listen to her. Pondra Brown. About two and a half minutes. Went on a strike from Urban Erectors. I was a fire watch for the welders. My welder stepped off the deck and company management decided he couldn't afford this. I, know, I was a fire watch. LaFondra Brown, along with co-workers, went on strike from Urban Erectors and U.S. Crane and Rigging. Both are non-union construction companies. Uh, okay. I was a fire watch for the welders. My welder stepped off the deck, and company management was standing up there with us. He said, Ms. Brown, weld that, weld that really quick for me so I can grouse this. I said, I'm not a licensed welder. I'm not supposed to weld that. He said, I don't care. You better weld it or get off my job. So I welded it. I didn't have a shield. I wouldn't have a shield. I'm not a welder. <laughs> By 3.30, 4 o'clock that afternoon, I was in the hospital. I couldn't go out in the light for three days. 
that he couldn't afford to see further doctors. My job is screaming, you better come back to work or you don't have a job. Urban Erectors didn't even provide health insurance for any of the workers. All the guys in the crew were, hey, everybody got their checks. And they're like, did you see the raise? And everybody's looking. I'm like, I don't see, the, I don't see it on my check. I went to one of the managers, hey, how come I didn't get the raise that everybody got? Well, that's not fair. And he's like, well, show me your boobs. I was the only female at the time in the company. A lot of sexual harassment from company management, comments about my breasts, actually being assaulted in group by the same company management, a lot of racial discrimination, being spit at, called the monkey, nearly run over with the guy's van, not being allowed to use the bathroom on certain sites, being told to go to the local park or restaurants surrounding the job site. And I complained about it, and they're like, you shouldn't even complain. You're lucky you got a job here. You're black and you're a woman. When the iron workers learned of the working conditions at Urban Erectors and U.S. Crane and Rigging, they quickly took action on behalf of LaFondra and other workers. I wasn't by myself. So having the support of the iron workers, having the support of the U.S., made it a little bit easier. Once they did get involved and, you know, other workers, including myself, started talking, you know, we, we, you talk to the right people and things start getting better. If you're getting this type of treatment, wherever you work, you don't have to take it. You don't have to tolerate it. it it's, it's not worth your dignity. Myself, including the other strikers, we're all asking for better wages, better treatment at work, benefits for us and our families, and not to be treated like slaves, like mules. We're human. Wow. That's in America. They're still treating people like dirt, you know, and that's why we're pro-unions, but my God, I tell you folks, sometimes I, I, I just don't understand the, the union way, but it's political. And, um, Okay, here's I, another I one that I want to do. Every Sunday we'll be bringing you, or every week, a roundup of the important news and commentary about issues and events important to working families. Here's this week's Working People's Weekly List. I don't know. Let me see. We'll listen to part of it anyway. What does the Trans-Pacific Partnership mean for your family? Under the TPP, multinational corporations can sue the Australian government in secret corporate courts over laws that keep cigarettes out of the hands of our kids. Protect the Great Barrier Reef. Mom, Neymar's dead. Protect your rights at work. Dad, when's Mom coming home? When global megacorporations say she can. And laws that reduce harmful pollution. Oh, and the TPP will make medicines more expensive, too. Yes, medicine. Don't let the government hand sovereignty of this country over to foreign corporations. Well, that was that little thing. That was from Australia. Yeah. The TPP, what you're being told. Let's see. Um, I'm not sure what that one is. But you're not being told. We know what we're not being told now. Yeah, no, we sure do, yeah. 
Hey, facts of what we just saw that, okay. Alright, let's see what else we got here. Okay, what happened to working women? But working... Oh, what happened here? I don't know why that... Uh, here's something really interesting. What happened to working to working women? But w- women falling out of the workforce is also a huge deal. It fi- it reduces family standards of living and puts a crimp in the economy. That's true. The great sanctuary city slander. These laws are a false fix for a concocted problem. They are based on the lie now infecting the Republican presidential campaign that all unauthorized immigrants are dangerous criminals who must be subdued by extraordinary means. Desperately reading the Fed. In fact, as time goes on, the case by those suggesting the Fed must act now before inflationary pressure kills off the economy grows weaker. The expansion is now in its 76 months. The average economic expansion of the post-World War II era is 58 months. This now ranks as the fourth longest expansion behind the expansion of the 90s, the 60s, and the 80s. The current string of 60 straight months of job growth is already one year longer than the record. If anything, the risk now is that the expansion is more likely to peter out or to succumb to shock that rattles the assumptions of investors that fuel the current expansion. Okay. well, I, I, I thought this was good uh, good news that the uh, UAW and in um, uh, uh, GM uh, contracts appear healed for victory. The Fiat Chrysler. Yeah, and uh, they were announced that on the news the other night. I, I was pleased to see that. Approved a four-year labor contract with Fiat Chrysler Automobiles. Uh, NV appeared uh, headed for victory Wednesday night after United Auto Workers Members at the automaker's largest plants voted in favor of the deal. I think Ford is the only one that hasn't signed a, a really? union deal. Yeah. Uh, that hasn't come up yet. Unions build stronger communities. Can you imagine how much better a community we would have if Boeing workers were organized and our tax base was stronger? We would have more money for teachers, police, firefighter, roads, and infrastructure. Unions are a good investment for the working family and the community. The most progressive trade deal ever, ever, we don't see it. Any trade deal that pushes our wages down and limits workers' bargaining power isn't progressive and doesn't deserve our support. This would be the largest trade, trade agreement in U.S. history affecting our jobs and wages. Taxpayers deserve to know what's inside the deal. That's the TPP and the TIP. This is... Um, um What's that? It says, uh, what inequality matters, why inequality matters to the Fed. Now, I, I am a big enemy against the Fed because it's a joke, but this is this is for income inequality and maybe, maybe, maybe. But they promote, they're, they're, they're big promoters of inequality. Uh, the world's mainstream consensus has come that inequality is a problem facing nations from the think tank of the Advanced Democracies, the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development, the, and the uh, important agents for fundament, funding global development, the International Monetary Fund, to the world's private econo- econ- economic elites. 
the world's economic forum. Well, conservatives wish to push back against this consensus in hopes of reviving a view that only growth matters. Of course, such a view is obviously wrong for three important reasons. And oh, I'm curious to see what, uh, why. I think it's important why the Fed is operating things the way they are, with new quantitative easings and increase in. The, I mean, it's just, it's just an insane, an insane operation that just keeps ripping off the public and you know, the people continually. First, the United States enjoyed um, its most rapid growth during the post World War II era, through 1979, achieving growth while great, di- greatly diminishing inequality. It should be noted that the growth was accompanied by a rate of productivity growth under higher than today. But that is important because the rise of productivity and the increase of capital and the intensity of production did not lead to robots replacing workers or impoverishing workers. Instead, a host of policies ensured shared prosperity by raising wages with productivity so that the growth demanded outpaced the machines. It is also important because compared to today, it is it occurred with much higher marginal income tax rates, a greater share of U.S. government revenue coming from both corporate taxes and so on and so forth. But second, the U.S. experience of growth across national comparisons of growth and inequality clearly demonstrate that growth and inequality are not trade-offs. We have growth and lower inequality, so politicians that uh, only advocated growth this this is a lot of bull, because what the problem is this is not facing any any real issue here and I just forget about it because the real issue is the the Fed itself is the real issue that's the ones that 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 create these problems yeah. they're the ones that yeah. that put us into nineteen billion dollars a trillion dollars worth of debt yeah right? I don't and, believe in the Fed so either so. any of this stuff about the Fed being you know. We need to have independent banking, banking that's made we by... We need public banking. Uh, that's, we need it. That's, yeah, that's what right. we need. We don't need private banking, and we, we don't want it. And, and you need, we need to have a bank that's owned by the people. That's owned by the people, right. And that has proved every time to be successful, and we'd be swimming yeah, in money, it, folks. Exactly. I mean, the only reason that Germany, Germany is a successful and powerful nation is because it is... They have their own bank. Japan has its own bank. Um, you know, all, all these major economies have their own banks. And if we did, we'd be, us. Yeah, and, Iceland and has their own bank. Little Iceland Iceland's doing beautifully exactly. since they tossed out all those they, bankers. And they, and they imprisoned all their bankers, too. Yeah. They got rid of those guys. Every single one of them that was a, that was a crook, they got rid of. And they, they formed their own constitution, too, as a small country. And now they're swimming happily ever after. Which is really great. It says here, we've been covering the Workplace Action for Growing Economy economy, Wage Act, introduced by Pat Murphy, Democrat of Washington, and Bobby Scott, Democrat of Virginia, an important piece of legislation for protecting and expanding the rights of working people. As the debate continues, it's important to remember that the Polish law isn't just some abstract concept for pundits. The debate it's about the rights of working people in real situations that are challenging or dangerous. Here are six stories that put real faces on the issue the Wage Act seeks to remedy. T-Mobile. Joshua Coleman worked at T-Mobile Call Center, where he received many rewards for his work and even was selected to train newly hired workers. Once Coleman became involved in TU, a global union for T-Mobile workers, 
Managers started to retaliate. A corporate rights president showed up at his workplace while Coleman was wearing a union T-shirt, a very subjective measure despite having strong performance um, metrics. Oh, wait a minute. He, excuse me. A corporate vice president showed up at his workplace while Coleman was wearing a union T-shirt, and a trip he won as a prize for being a top performer was revoked. He was suspended for call quality, a very subjective measure, despite having strong performance metrics. Coleman eventually was fired for calling back customers too many times, a rule human resources manager later admits under oath the company inv invented for this one worker. T-Mobile settled the case by paying Coleman tens of thousands of dollars and posting a notice, but his co-workers saw what happens when you started to speak out. T-Mobile continues to violate the National Labor Relations Act, including by imposing a gag order on workers who brought sexual harassment complaints to management's attention. The Wage Act's enhanced remedies would serve to deter companies determined to intimidate workers for exercising their right to organize. Stabilis Incorporated, February 2004. The UAW began assisting workers seeking to organize at the Stabilis facility in Gastonia, North Carolina, in late May, late May 2004, after an anti-union campaign in which Stabilis committed a host of unfair labor practices. UAW lost the election by two votes. It filed objections seeking a new election. The next month, while objections were pending, Stabilis suspended and then discharged Dennis McSwain, a leaning union, union activist. The Neighborly Labor Relations Board, Regional Director in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, subsequently issued a, a complaint against Davilis, alleging that it engaged in a variety of pre- and post-election conduct that violated the NLRA, including the suspension, suspension and discharge of McSwain but the complaint got bogged down in the lengthy appeals process. In January 2012, more than seven years after McSwain was discharged, Stabilis finally agreed to remedy the unfair labor practices and consented to new elections. Unfortunately, because of years of delay at the board, workers had given up hope in the election process, and the UAW was forced to withdraw its petition. The Wage Act would require the NLRB seek injunctive, injunctive relief in cases like this to provide quicker resolutions for workers. People must have left. They must have felt so discouraged or they were drummed out or fired. So there was no union. Walmart. Walmart is infamous for doing whatever is necessary to deny its workers the opportunity to stand together for better wages and improving working conditions. Over the years, the NLRB's general counsel repeatedly has issued complaints against Walmart over alleged violations of the NLRA. And this has not stopped thousands of Walmart workers from standing up over the past few years to demand more of that company. The workers at Walmart's Pico Rivera, California store were some of the most active in the campaign. Then suddenly on April 13, 2015, Walmart announced it was closing five stores due to plumbing issues and laying off thousands of workers, including more than 500 employed at the Pico Riviera store. The enhanced remedies 
and expanded injunctives relief in the Wage Act are necessary to ensure companies comply with the law and to reduce the economic harm suffered by workers who are retaliated against. And uh, this one here is interesting because <clears throat> if, you eat, if you ever ate an Oreo cookie, well, Southwest side uh, braces for loss of Oreos and 600 jobs. On August 24th, uh, this never was heard of in the news that I ever heard of. No, I didn't hear Yeah, in August. Uh, NPR, uh, Chicago Broadcast, has a special story dealing with the recent announcement of the Mondelez International, that it is, they're the makers of Oreo, I guess. And what have the Nabisco, I don't know. That <laughs> it is shipping 600 union jobs, half of the plant's workforce, to Mexico. The program included interviews with BCTGM, uh, uh, local 300 members of the Chicago Bakery. The report also decided how the city worked with Mondelez the last time the company threatened to move production outside of the United States by providing $300 million in tax breaks to complete infrastructure work at the bakery. Can you imagine? Mm. These, these damn companies, they're doing the same thing. GE did that to, to this, this state, and uh, Aetna's doing the same damn thing and, uh, to us. And it's just criminal stuff that they're getting away with. Um, anyway, uh, BGM also, local member Sabrina Hope is known as the Oreo Queen. She's a processor at Nabisco who earns more than $26 an hour. The 35-year veteran uh, originally planned to stay for three years. The pay was good. I was raising a son at the time, and it was the American dream that I had security there. I had security, Pope said. Right now, I don't even know what my future is going to bring because I'm not old enough to retire. I got the years to retire, but I just don't have the age to do it. So, but um, you know, it's just, they don't want, to, of course, to be pushed out. So let's see where are we? Yeah, coming up. So, yeah, I don't know if I'll continue to read this. Just, just boycott. Just boycott. Oreo cookies, you know, and uh, that's what I would. Oh, just read. Mondelez International Incorporated CIO CEO Irene Rosenfeld took in more than twenty-one million dollars in total total compensation for 2014, a nearly six million dollar increase from the previous year. This included doubling of her annual cash incentive to three point six million and a nearly $4 million increase in her pension plan and other retirement oh. benefits. In the last eight years, Rosenfeld has received approximately $165 million in total compensation. Jeez. Yeah, that's unbelievable, folks. And that's one person. That's just that's just the CEO. You know, and then they're, they're going to pull out of every place. And I, I don't know. I'll move everything to Mexico. They're really sick thing. And we're allowing it. We always allow it. We let it happen. Yeah. And if they don't, you know, I should. I wish they would ban everything that's not made in this country. All right. Uh, just you know, if 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 American companies are making stuff outside of this country, then that shit should all be tariffed. Just like just like uh, Trump said. Uh-huh. Oh, I uh, agree Trump, with him on Trump that. Agreed, I, I agree with him on so many issues. You know, except for. There are some issues I don't agree with him on at all, but others, uh, he's making a 
makes a lot more sense than the other guys do. So anyway, that's that's my uh, that's my story. <laughs> All right. And I'm sticking to it. Let's see. Um, well, maybe we should see what some of the things are. I, that I have some other thing that I wanted to uh, that I wanted to do here. My, uh, did I read this about him? No, I was no, going to. you were going to. Yeah, I was going to, because Paul Ryan is the, I don't know, the son of Satan is what I'm looking for. Yeah, and this guy, this guy is just a, a whack job, waiting to spring Well, they're all country. crazy. But, all those you know who just don't, well, let me, let me see what the, the title is. Republican Paul Ryan rejects rapist rights in a new fetus bill. Okay. You know who just don't have enough rights in this country? You guessed it, rapists. Thank goodness House Republicans are here to look after those put-upon American <laughs> citizens. As much as, of the, as much of the nation focuses on the Steubenville gang rape story, you failed Republican vice presidential candidate Paul Ryan, Republican Wisconsin, was busy protecting rapist rights buried deep in the latest fetus rights bill, uh, H.R. 23, to provide that human life shall be deemed to begin with fertilization, wherein fetuses are given more rights than the woman carrying them, is a section that will allow a rapist to sue his victim in order to stop her from getting an abortion. Specifically, if she were trying to get an abortion in a state that allows them while she lives in a state that does not. So, yeah, I mean, this, this guy is sick in the head. The Congress affirms that the Congress, each state, the direct uh, section... The District D2, of Columbia and yeah. all United States ter- territories have the authority to protect the lives of all human beings residing in respective jurisdictions. Kevin Drum of Mother Jones summed up the, the fact of this intentionally vague subjection. Subsection. Oh, so, sorry, subsection. In fact, it... If this bill were passed and the Supreme Court upheld it, I'll bet that a rapist could go to court and sue to prevent his victim from getting an abortion. He'd argue that the fetus was legally a human being and that the court was no power to discriminate between one human being and another. He'd probably win, too. Yet the rapist can uh, sue, uh, yet the rapist can sue to stop the abortion caused by the rape be perpetual upon an unwilling female. Perpetrated Laura, upon... Yeah, uh, Laura, caused by the rape, he perpetrated upon an unwilling female. Laura Beck at Jezebel points out her rapist could th- theoretically sue to stop the abortion from happening and probably win. If that bill passes. Yeah. This explains why Ryan was so busy listening to his iPod during the fiscal cliff negotiations. He has only introduced two bills that have passed over his entire 13-year career. One, one dealing with an excise tax for arrows <laughs> and the other uh, Rename. renaming a post office. His only other purpose in Congress is to keep reintroducing the fetus rights bill in order to avoid doing the math on his budget. Ryan started off the 113th Congress with a bang by introducing his bill yet again. God almighty. <laughs> Uh, but a, yeah, hypocrite Ron Paul demands family time, but for himself, but opposes family leave for American workers. <laughs> Amazing, huh? Um, 
needs a piece of work, that guy. Yeah, it says federal judge blessed DEA's legal practice, illegal practice of prosecuting legal marijuana use. And Hillary refuses to take the media bait and criticize Bernie Sanders' position. Because she has to adopt him. Yeah. Well, That's the plan. Yeah. 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 I don't know. What, what is this politician using? Yeah. They got a... On this, on this, I, I really, this is, see what they got here next yeah. to this rape thing? I mean, good Lord, they got a a, a woman, a, a bare naked woman uh, advertisement on this, uh, under this rape uh, thing. Jeez. Yeah. <sighs> anyway, the great, the great, it's great that rapist has a voice in D.C., you know, because what they crave the most is more power and control over the victims, and what better way to achieve that than to reward a rapist with the power to force his victim to carry his fetus to term. And uh, Representative Ryan has managed to incentivize rape. Well, Republicans haven't addressed this hopefully uh, unintentional consequence, but taken in context with their refusal to reauthorize the Violence Against Women Act, <laughs> it is beginning to look as if Republicans are actively seeking to give criminals more access to women. But still, they deny that there is a Republican war on women. See, there wouldn't be a war if you ladies would just be willing to turn over all of your rights to men, even if they are rapists. Yeah. There's actually, I saw today, honest to God, this is an aside, but I saw today that there is actually a Christian blog and a Christian pastor advocating violence against Christian wives. You gotta be kidding. That's right. Saying that this, that women uh, owe their loyalty and their slavery to men. Okay, and and men should should uh, should uh, be abusive to their wives. Isn't that amazing? He must be. Uh, yeah, he's a work. I tell you, but I mean, it's out there. Everything you can imagine, folks, is out there. So you know, you know it. But only the really good stuff gets censored. That well, stuff comes out everywhere. You know, yeah. That's everywhere, crazy bastards. But, you know, there's nothing they can do about it. So all we do is keep fighting our way, keep fighting and probing and probing. That's what we can do, right? Yeah, there's not too yeah, much more you can do. Not much more we can do. Anyway, let's go beyond this. Um, new ruling finds cannabis to be the most medicinal plant in the world. Imagine that. Mm. Yeah. And... Um, let's see. Oh, yeah. Uh, Social Security. Next time a Republican tells you that Social Security is broke, well, remind them that President Bush borrowed up $1.37 trillion of Social Security surplus revenue to pay for his tax cuts for the rich and his war in Iraq. And he never paid it back. But that's Bush. Uh, Reagan did the same thing. Everybody's done Everybody has done this. Everybody since Johnson has... has has started, Johnson started it and put everything in the general fund and then he used that money to, to pay off the Vietnam War and, and uh, never paid it back. Uh -huh. It hasn't been paid back. Everything there has been an IOU, all right? So, you know, if they just paid the damn thing back, it wouldn't be anything. It wouldn't be a problem. This is funny. Ninja Cat Light War. Oh, my God. Like it, I think that was somehow Photoshop. I don't know how he got those, if he actually had those. Well, you have to tell the folks at home what you're looking yeah, at. Yeah, this guy sent me a little uh, video here about a cat, a 
fighting off two dogs with light with light swords. <laughs> that, 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 that's very cute. I don't know how he managed to do that. I don't know. I, I don't think. I think it's. I, I don't know. I think the cat was just actually just striking the dogs, biting them. Cats are cool. So anyway, oh man. What is the Kansas mathematician and covered evidence of system? Listen, Kansas mathematician. Yeah, uncovers evidence of systemic voter fraud. Republican leadership blocks investigation. Mm, A mathematician at Wichita State University wanted to check the accuracy of some Kansas voting machines after finding odd patents in election returns said. What did he say? Said she is finding out how difficult that it can be to get government officials to turn over public documents. Then Beth Clarkson, a certified quality engineer with a doctorate in statistics, said her calculations from the November election showed enough patents to suspect that some voting systems were being sabotaged. Sedgwick County election officials refused to allow the computer records to be part of a recount and told it to get paper recordings of votes. She would have to go to court and fight for them, said Clarkson, who is also the chief statistician for the WSU's National Institute for Aviation Research. She filed a lawsuit against Central County Election Office and Kansas Secretary of State Chris Kobach earlier this year asking for access to the paper records that voting machines record each time someone votes. The record does not identify the voter. The voting machines that Central County uses have a paper record of the votes known as real-time voting machine paper tapes, which similar machines in Kansas and around the country do not have. Because the software is proprietary, even election officials don't examine it, and post-election audits can't be done. According to Paula Smith, president of Verify Voting Foundation, a nonprofit agency whose mission is to safeguard elections in the digital age. Clarkson asked Sedgwick County to do a recount in 2013, but the time to file had expired. She then filed an open records request, but officials refused to uh, provide the requested documents. She filed a lawsuit, but the judge said the paper records were ballots, even though they didn't identify the voter, and thus were not subject to the state's open record law. Well, Clarkson filed for a recount after the November election, but Sedgwick County officials again refused, saying only a judge could release the records. The lawsuit she filed in February against Kansas uh, Attorney General and uh, later amended to add the Sedgwick County Election Commissioner and Kovach sought a court order giving her access to a certain number of voting records to conduct the audit. She mailed it to Sedgwick County Election Commissioner and Kovac, who under state law had 30 days to respond. Neither responded, later saying that they weren't aware they'd received the summons. Yeah, oh, right. my God. I don't know if we did or not, uh, Assistant Secretary of State. We are not going to commit on the status of the nature of this litigation at this time. Uh, well, Amazing, huh? Yeah, it, it just... Goes on and on. I mean, everybody, Stonewall stuff. I mean, it's just absolutely. 
Yeah, you know, Lila and May won the Susan B. Anthony Award, and uh, I was proud of her for that. But here's a, somebody sent me a photo. What? Uh, no, I got an award from the Susan B. Anthony Award you got. I, no, 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 no. Oh, I, you didn't get that? No, no, that isn't what, what it's called. What the hell did I go to to take a picture I of got, you? I got an award from that organization. That's what I said. No, it wasn't the Susan B. Anthony Award. Oh. I got an award from the Susan B. Anthony. Oh, well, that, then that's useless, right? <laughs> it's not the same. No. Well, whatever it is, whatever you got, okay? Uh, Susan B. Anthony, we got a picture here, in, 19, in 1872 was beaten and arrested for trying to vote. That's wow. Right. That's what Susan B. Anthony did. That's what happened she to her. She was a, suffrage, uh, a suffragette. And, uh, and that's men her. beating her up. Yeah, uh, cops. And stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, compelling reminder, every single woman needs to vote every time they have the opportunity. Amazing, huh? This is something I thought was interesting because, <laughs> you know, all this wonderful uh, generosity to all the Syrian refugees from Austria and Germany. No, uh, Austria never wanted them. They didn't want them, but here they are. There's a picture of the millions of them walking there. But it says, uh, the, the article is, Europe now scrambles for guns. Shotguns have virtually sold out of Austria. <laughs> that was pretty interesting. Yeah, to take care, to get, uh, to take care of these guys. If there was ever a cautionary tale for America's enemies of freedom and the Second Amendment, this is it. Shotguns have virtually sold out in Austria as citizens rush to buy arms amid fears of a massive influx of migrants, dealers claim. Mm. There are now thought to be an estimated 900,000 firearms in Austrian homes. Police say around 70,000 guns have been sold this year alone in Austria. And dealers say... Shotguns have almost sold out because you don't need a permit. And women are driving the sales rush as fears grow and the influx of refugees. Women, huh? Women's sales are soaring in Austria as citizens of the small Alpine nation become paranoid over the number of refugees crowding into their country. In a country of 8.5 million people, there are now an estimated 900,000 firearms in homes. That's not many. And... Gun dealers report that it is women's, women driving the sales rush this year alone. Police say 70,000 guns have been sold. Well, virtually all shotguns are currently sold out because you need a permit for them. You so need no permit. You need no permit. Migrants wait for buses. Um, well, actually, Islamic uh, invasion pulls trigger. Uh, Europe now scrambles for guns. Uh, and they wish that they had a Second Amendment. I don't know where Uh, tens of thousands of Muslim refugees have poured into Australia, Austria from Hungary and Slovenia in second in recent months on their way to Germany and Sweden, two wealthy European countries that have laid out the welcome mat for migrants. More than a million will end up in Germany alone at the end of the year, according to estimates from the German government. Obtaining a, a working firearm and ammunition in Germany, Britain, Denmark, and Netherlands is practically impossible for the average citizen. Well, Germany, for instance, requires a psychological evaluation on the purchase of liability insurance and verifiable um, compliance with strict firearms, storage and safety rules, and the self-defense is not even a valid reason. I, you would think after World War II, and you would think after they confiscated all their guns on the Hitler, 
that the Austrians and the Germans uh-huh. would, would, would demand gun rights, but they're too beat up now. They're too useless. So it's just too bad. They're beaten down, beaten out. Just like we are becoming here. Oh, God. Like the reporting you see here, sign up for free news alerts from WND. Uh, uh, the laws in Australia, Austria will still, will still, uh, while still strict, are a bit less overbearing. A Czech TV report uh, confirms the long guns, shotguns, and rifles have been flying off the shelves in Austria, and Austrians who haven't been, per, haven't already purchased the gun may not have a chance to get one for some time. They're all sold out, and those arming themselves are primarily women. If anyone wants to buy a long gun in Austria right now, too bad for them, Czech newscaster said. This way, it just repeats itself and repeats itself in this article, so it must be written by a foreigner. Uh, but anyway, so anyway, let's go on from here. We just have a couple of minutes left. Yeah, this one's pretty important, too. Bernie Sanders exposes how Republicans created a phony crisis to cut Social Security disability. I remember when they were doing that, too. Let's, let's look at this one. Ranking Senate Budget Committee member Senator Bernie Sanders has released a new report that details how Republicans are manufacturing a phony crisis in order to cut Social Security benefits for millions of disabled Americans. Let me just see when this was February, yeah. This is, these are old articles. Oh, okay. I, I remember when they were doing that, they, they, they were trying to do that. And uh, Bernie's just trying to stop them. Anyway, um, got a picture of Jeb Bush here in the, in the Twin Towers. It says, my brother kept us safe. 9-11 happened under George Bush after CIA warnings of imminent attack. The sheriff, you think Jeb Bush is full of crap. <laughs> <laughs> and then another, another one, another Burroughs friend sent this to me and said, the more you research, the crazier you sound to ignorant people. That's true. And Don Freeman. And why is that true? Uh, here's Ma uh, Bush and Pa Bush, the old folks. And uh, pa Bush, Grandpa Bush says, the little brat is quitting, meaning Jeb. And Ma Bush says, I hope he doesn't start sucking his thumb again. So they're a little disappointed at Mr. at their kid. Oh, my God, Saddam Hussein has killed 50,000 Iraqis. We must go there and stop the killings, and Mr. G.W. Bush. So we went there and killed 200,000 Iraqis, 5,000 5, dead Americans, 1 million injured Americans. Now we owe $6 trillion. Cheney made $39 billion. ISIS wants to kill us. GOP, it's all Obama's fault. GOP, let's do it again. Yeah. So let, let's let, let's do it again. Let's have Jeb, right? Yeah. 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 This is, uh, we'll end with this comment by George Carlin. Governments don't want well-informed, well-educated people cabal, capable people. of critical thinking. That is against their interests. They want obedient workers, people who are just smart enough to run the machines and do the paperwork and just dumb enough to passively passively accept it. And that's George Carlin. Smart guy. Yeah, he knew it. He knew what was going on. Okay. All right. All right. 
So good night, folks. I hope you have a good night and enjoy the rest of it and a good weekend. Talk to you next week. I think we should read this one before we go. No, we'll save it for next week. It's time. Uh, Oh, we never. Okay. Well, that's time to go. There'll be another one. Good night, Lila. There'll be another one like that next week. There's always another article, Leo. Yes. When it's over, it's over. I like this one. Suppose a small group of extremely wealthy people sought to systematically destroy the U.S. government. Bye. And when finding and bankrolling new candidates pledged to shrinking and dismembering it. Two, intimidating or bribing many current senators and representatives to block all position proposed legislation, prevent the appointment of presidential nominees, eliminate funds to implement the, uh, the office of enforcement laws, and threaten to default on the nation's debt. Well, number three, taking over state governments in order to redistrict gerrymandering. Uh, require voter IDs, purge voter rolls, and otherwise suppress the votes of the majority in federal elections. And four, running a vast PR campaign designed to convince the American public of certain big lies, such as climate change, isn't occurring. And number five, buying up the media so the public cannot know the truth. Would you call this treason? And that's by Robert Reich. So there you go, folks. So I hope you enjoyed the show. And I hope you join us next time. I'm thinking we'll probably be doing one tomorrow, right? Um, But uh, I want to thank everybody who joined me tonight, and uh, have a good evening.